Lord, thank you so much again for your presence this morning. Thank you, uh, Lord, for your words. Thank you, Lord, for the scriptures and that we can we can turn back and we can read these words and, and discover more about you, about Jesus and how to live according to your ways, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'd, you'd speak to us, Lord, that you'd uh, reveal more of uh, who you are. You'd give us a, a vision for the future, Jesus. Amen. Do you all know the classic game, Snakes and Ladders? Judah doesn't. Man, you need education. So here's, here's what you do, Judah. <laughs> You, you start at the bottom of the board, right? You roll the dice, and the aim is to be the first to make it to the top. Uh, if you land on a ladder, Judah, if you land on a ladder, it's a shortcut. If you land on a snake, it's, it's a quick ride down. And I've been thinking quite a lot about uh, snakes and ladders this week, and I reckon it's a metaphor for life. You know, you're trying to get ahead, um, like, uh, you know, uh, like in a, in a career, if you're if you're sort of on the career track, you want to you get ahead. You don't want to be at the bottom of the career, uh, that career track. You want to be at the top. You want to be the boss. <clears throat> Being at the bottom is bad in this metaphor. So you've got to be at the top. And, you know, at the top you've got authority. You've got power. You've got power of people. Uh, there's other people to serve you. There's the people to do what you want, right? Whereas what do you have at the bottom? Hmm. The ladders, they take you up, and the snakes, they take you down. And, and this, I reckon, is, is a bit like the world that we live in. This is why it's a metaphor, <laughs> metaphor for life. Uh, today, I'm going to turn, turn back to the book of uh, Philippians, which we looked at uh, last week. Um, I've just been, yeah, just, the book of Philippians has really caught my attention. Last week, um, you know, we, we talked about how uh, the Apostle Paul wrote this book while he was, while he was imprisoned. So he's in jail. And uh, like 2,000 years ago, jails were pretty awful, pretty uh, grim conditions. And yet, in this, he's, he's full of joy. And he, and he even says that he's content in all circumstances. And last week I talked about, well, I asked the question, how can it be possible that he is full of joy and rejoicing in this nasty place, in these grim conditions? And, and you know, thinking about snakes and ladders, it's as though he's... He's working his way up the board on the snakes and ladders game and he's landing on a snake and he's ended up all the way at the bottom again and yet he's rejoicing. You're losing the game, Paul. <laughs> You're losing. So I asked the question we talked about last week a bit about what, what's the secret and we're going to do kind of dive into this a little bit more today. We're going to pick it up at Philippians 3.13 and then I'm going, to, I'm going to work backwards a little bit. <clears throat> so Philippians 3.13, Paul writes, brothers, and uh, we, we know he, he's talking to brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if anything, and if, and if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. I'll say that one again. Let those, who, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will, reveal, God will reveal that also to you. 
only let us hold true to what we have attained. That was a tongue twister, wasn't it? We have to just read it and then you'll understand. So, so what's Paul's secret for being full of joy and content even when he's locked up in jail in really difficult, challenging conditions? I just want to um, this morning highlight a few key phrases and words in this chapter which I think will, um, will help us. Because if you're like me, then you, then you want to be joyful in all circumstances and you want to be content in all circumstances. Like that's, wouldn't that be amazing? Whatever's going on, you go, sweet, I'm content. Weather's bad, don't worry, I'm content. Uh, people are being mean to me, it's fine, I'm content. So here's, here's the first word, the first word. The first one, this, this phrase is, is one thing. He says there's one thing he does, one thing. He's single-minded. He's focused on what lies ahead. And um, the notes, I have, a, I have a revival study Bible. Um, thanks, Rosemary and Graham. And, and the notes in my revival study Bible say, greatness in any area, but especially in pursuing a vibrant relationship with the God of the universe demands a righteous kind of obsession. And it's as though Paul has this righteous kind of obsession He's obsessed. So he's so obsessed that he says, I forget what lies behind and I'm straining toward what lies ahead. So that was the first phrase, one thing. The second uh, word I want to highlight is, is goal. Oops, yeah, see, I'm, I've, I'm quite clever and I've got it highlighted on the screen, goal. <laughs> <laughs> he says he presses on toward the goal and the, there's a Greek word, skopos, which, which could also refer to the finish line in a race or a target if you're into archery. I mean, some of you have probably, probably been watching the Commonwealth Games. I mean, it's great, it's great to watch. New Zealand's doing well, yes. <laughs> winning, a few go- winning a few goals. And you can see, you can see the single-minded determination <clears throat> of athletes towards their goal, whatever it is. You know, being the first over the line like the New Zealand cycling team is doing awesome. So being the first over the line, they're, they're like focused on that, letting nothing else get in the way, like or scoring the highest points if you're into gymnastics or hockey. And whatever it is, it's like, got to win the gold medal. Like That's, the, that's their focus. Uh, I'm also drawing from the ESV study Bible notes, and they put it this way, Paul's life is purposeful, for he constantly aims towards a heavenly goal. The prize is the fullness of blessings and rewards in the age to come most especially being in perfect, relation, perfect fellowship with Christ forever. So this is his goal. So we've got two, we've got two phrases so far. We've got one thing, being focused. And the second one, goal. And the third one I want to fo- uh, highlight today is, is this, upward call. I love this phrase, upward call. I don't know what it is, but it's like, oh, what's my upward call? So instead of, instead of an actual gold medal, the, uh, the prize that Paul is, so, is focused on uh, with a single-minded determination is, is what he says, this upward call, the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So upward as in heavenly. And we often spend quite a lot of time and energy trying to figure out our calling, right? I'm still trying to figure out my calling, yeah? What is it? What is it I'm called to do with my life? I, you know, you might be thinking, some of you, especially if you're younger, you might be thinking this. What is it I'm meant to, what's the, what is it I'm called to do with my life? What is my vocation? The vocation actually comes from the Latin calling, you know? 
What is my vocation? What am I called to do? And we can end up in, in quite a muddle. And it can be quite stressful because you're worried, oh, what if I waste my life doing something that I'm actually not called to do or whatever it is? What if I miss out on my calling? And, and yet I wonder if actually the answer as followers of Jesus is actually pretty simple and it's right here. We have an upward calling. It's not all that complicated. We have an upward call and our calling is towards this prize in heaven. We actually sang about that this morning, eh, Anna? He is our, he is our prize, we are his portion. He is our prize, we sing. So we have this upward call, our calling towards this prize, and that we should have a, and Paul is kind of saying, we've got to have this single-minded focus, a righteous obsession towards Jesus himself. That's a, that's a high calling. It's a high calling, the highest calling. And, and so, so this, is, this is where I've been thinking about this game of snakes and ladders a little bit. Because you have an upward calling in it, and it kind of sounds a little bit like snakes and ladders, eh? Like you start at the bottom, and you've got to work your way up again. <laughs> Once again, we're at the bottom, and, and the bottom is a bad place to be. And you go, oh, but if I get to the top, that's where it's at. And, and it's easy to, um, with, our, with the way that we tend to think, to get this, get this actually quite mixed up, and, and to think wrongly about it about like what it means to be at the bottom or what it means to be at the top. And so this is where I'm going to go back a little bit in the book of Philippians because um, essentially Paul redefines what the bottom and the top are. It's like he takes this game of snakes and ladders and he turns it upside down. God's kingdom is different from what we're used to. God's kingdom is so different. It's so countercultural in all ways. So here we go. Paul describes the upward call. This is uh, Philippians 3. 8 to 11. This is what Paul says. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Oh, (laughs) yeah, right? Challenging. Talk about turning things upside down. It's like he's taking that game of snakes and that isn't just like smashing it to a thousand pieces. This is challenging and confronting. I mean, you can't read this and not be challenged, I think. The upward call. The upward call means going low. And, the, and this thread weaves all the way through Paul's letter of Philippians. Yeah, it's the book of joy because, because Paul's discovered that, that the joy is not found in things, but it's found in Christ. How can he be rejoicing and content when he's at the bottom and he's locked up in jail? It's because he says it's for Jesus' sake that he suffered the loss of all things. And he knows that the loss of all these things is actually actually leading him to know Christ more, which is gain for him. To be found in Christ. And, And if you really want to know what Paul thought about all the things that he has lost, then then the Greek word for rubbish. 
Uh, I'm not going to say what that Greek word is because my translation would be awful, but it literally means any refuse, as in the excrement of animals, off scourings, which I think is like the things you scrape off your frying pan, uh, rubbish, dregs, things worthless and detestable. detestable. Uh, some people argue that there's a certain four-letter swear word that uh, you can probably think of. It begins with S, and it might be a better translation. But you kind of get the point, right? The prize for Paul, the prize of knowing Jesus is so incredible, so incomparable that anything else is like rubbish. <laughs> Nothing else that we can attain is even on the chart. Like this is the upward calling. And the, yeah, I think it's incredible. So our upward call, our upward call means going low. And the word for this is Humility. It's funny how like, when there's, um, when there's uh, you know, award ceremonies and things like that and people make a speech, like whatever, they won an Oscar and they go, I'm so humbled. <laughs> and they're like, come on, man, everyone's like adoring you. Like this is, this is your moment. And, but it's, we're not talking about that kind of humility <laughs> here. We're literally talking about like going low, like not trying to get up on the stage. Too often we're trying to get ahead or trying to be the boss or the leader or whatever it is, when really the need for us is to be like Jesus. I mean, how many people do you know? And, and they come, oh, no, I won't go there. That's, sorry, too much of a tangent. And the, the, book of, the whole book of Philippians really turns uh, on this incredible song about Jesus in chapter two. And I've read it many times and it still blows my mind. Uh, it's so incredible that it kind of goes, I can't even, I just can't even, I can't even get it. I can't even comprehend it. And so I'm just praying. I'm praying, even as I was writing it, Lord, would you bring revelation to us today? Lord, would you speak to us? Lord, as we, as we look at the words of the song, Lord, would you actually speak to us and bring revelation about what it, what it means, what you're saying to us? So in context, Paul is encouraging, the beginning of chapter two, Paul is encouraging us to not be motivated by, by selfish ambition, to not try to impress others, to, to actually think of others as better than ourselves, to look out for the interests of others. And, and the reason why is because he's encouraging us to be like Jesus. And so then Paul writes about Jesus, and this is where the song kicks in, Philippians 2, 6 to 11. I've got it up on the screen. Philippians 2, 6 to 11. Man, Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by being obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow. Oh, my goodness. Like the upward call. The upward call means going low, which is what Jesus did. Jesus took the form of a servant, the song says. He took the form of a servant. In other words, he served people came to serve, came to serve men and women, 
We, we see him serving like boys and girls, children. We see him serving the rich and the poor. He served them all. And he, and he continued this, this, this walk of, of obedient, of, um, of going low, and he continued being humble and obedient, even that led, when that led all the way to the cross, even that, that way led to death. Like that way, it's, I love this kind of, this contrast, it led, it led down to death when he was lifted up on the cross. And that is how we change the world, by going low, <laughs> So we, like, we go back to this game, like snakes and ladders. And the, and the question that stands out for us is, do we, do we do whatever we can to get ahead, to try to acquire, to acquire more possessions, position or power? Or do we learn how to go low, how to, how to find ways to serve other people, how to fulfill our upward call by, by, by actually learning how to love God and, and learning how to love others. Are you all right? <laughs> There's a, a, a cliche about the, the 10,000 hour rule that you might have heard. Bless you. The 10,000 hour rule. The, the idea that, that to master a skill or to become an expert, it takes something like 10,000 hours. And maybe it's more or maybe it's less. But the, the point is, it takes a lot of time to become an expert in something. And I, and I wonder if there's something in this for us. Like, like, just think about it. Like, how much time, how much time are we prepared to give to attain the prize? To attain the prize that Paul's been talking about, the prize of Jesus. And what if, what if it's in the low places, the places of, of humility and of serving others that we encounter Jesus? So the 10,000 hour rule was kind of useful because you go, well, if I want to become an expert in this, then I've really got to put in the time. And, that, you know, like with, I think with any skill, it takes sort of like the regular, sort of the regular habits or the disciplines. Like, you know, the guys winning, the guys and the girls winning gold medals for New Zealand over in uh, Birmingham at the moment. Uh, how much time have they put in? Laying themselves down for, for their upward call of winning the gold medal. <laughs> That was kind of not useful, um, but and so I'm 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 simultaneously as I read these passages, I'm simultaneously challenged and encouraged. I'm challenged because because sacrifice is hard. <laughs> That's just what it is, and worship is sacrifice. Worship is worship can be defined as serving, serving God, serving others. And sacrifice is hard. So it's challenging, but I'm encouraged because I see it as going, well, it's in the small and the simple things, daily steps that we can, we can actually take steps towards our upward call in Christ Jesus, daily things. Because like we're surrounded by people almost every day. <laughs> almost every day. Well, it depends how you live, you know, you might not be. But in, there's daily steps, daily things that we can do towards our upward call in Jesus. And it's in the letting go that we can become like Paul. This is why I think it's so it's, it's, it's exciting and it's encouraging because as we let go of things, we become, we become like Paul. And remember how I started this. Like what's Paul's secret for being joyful in all circumstances? Or what's, joy's, what's Paul's secret for being content in all circumstances? And it's, and it's this. He's kind of learned how to, how to let go, to lay things down for that, 
first prize of Christ, being found in Christ. So I'm just going to finish up, actually, with um, Eugene Peterson's translation of of this passage from um, Philippians 3. And then then I'll pray, but but I feel like, like as I've been speaking, that the Lord's been like speak like actually speaking to you and, and maybe there's been some been some challenge been some challenges there that he's kind of speaking to you about. So this is uh this is from the message translation Philippians three twelve. I'm not saying that I have all this together, that I have it made, but I'm well on my way, reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. I'm not saying that I have all this together, but I've already said that, but (laughs) a bit of backstory. When I was copying this, for some reason, every time I copied it, I copied it like three times. (laughs) Maybe it's just like trying to get that message into me. <laughs> so let's keep focused on that goal. Now, this is actually one of the purposes of, of gathering as a, as a church, is so we can encourage one another in this. Keep focused on the goal. Keep focused on the goal. Mansells, keep focused on the goal. Moody's, keep focused on the goal. Graham Rosemary, on your truck, keep focused on the goal, yeah? Sean and Hannah, in your marriage, but keep focused on the goal. Let's keep focused on the goal, everyone. Those of us who want everything God has for us, and give me a wave if you want everything God has for us. Man, yes, right? And if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision, and you'll see it yet. This is what happens like when we read Scriptures, like God clears our blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Amen. So there was three, those three phrases that I want you to kind of hold on to. One thing, goal, and upward call. Our upward call means going low, right? It's practical. It's serving in all kinds of ways. So let's Let's pray, and I'll invite the Holy Spirit to come. He's here. He's, he's moving. He's speaking to us. So do you want to stand, and uh, we'll just invite him. Invite him. Lord Jesus, thank you that you set, you set the way for us. You are our target. You are our, you are our prize. You are our portion as well. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you took on the form of a servant, that you emptied yourself. Even though, you, even though you have equality with God, you emptied of yourself and you took on the form of a servant, one of us in the flesh, a man. And then and you continued, you continued going low, humbled and obedient even to the point of death. Lord Jesus, we... We say, we say we want to be like you, but, but often in our hearts, if we're honest, there's parts of our hearts which don't want to be like you. 
And we confess it, Lord. I confess it, Lord. Lord, I get, I get drawn into the, into the way of the world, the upward call of the world, the snakes and ladders game, whatever it is, to be impressive, to be cool. <laughs> Lord, would you, would you teach us? And, and even today, Lord, would you, would you help us? Even, even if that involves a repentance, turning away from things and turning back towards you. Lord, we know that you welcome us with arms outstretched. Lord, that you're transforming us. Lord, I, I just have been like sensing, even though as, I've been, as I've been preparing this, that, the, that we want to change the world. And, and the way to change the world is, is by following in your footsteps, which means laying things down. Lord, would we become more like you, Jesus? We thank you, God. We thank you that it's almost like we as we as we as we do these things and actually we come closer to you and as we and as we do these things we will encounter you even more. Would you draw us, Lord, today? Thank you, Father. Thank you, God.